Welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to Let It Out. It's a podcast hosted by me, Katie Delbout. If you're new, welcome. Usually I interview inspirational, fascinating, funny, creative people that I want to hear their story and get to know them and have a really long form, deep conversation. I use this podcast as a networking tool to be able to talk to people I want to talk to and meet people who listen like you guys. And mostly that's what I do. Mostly I have interviews and today is an interview. Usually they're like two hours long, but today's episode is shorter. It's about 40 minutes. So I thought that I would just catch up with you myself on the podcast for a little bit. And every once in a while, if you've been listening for a long time, you know that I do these, they used to be monthly, and I want to get back to doing them monthly, which we'll get to why they haven't been monthly in a minute. But I've been doing these semi-regularly, we'll say, favorite slash gratitudes episodes, where I basically tell you all of the things that I'm loving, that I'm grateful for, that I enjoy, that bring me happiness in some way, and that I think you guys will like too. And I share in a couple different categories, everything from food to music to podcast. And that's what I'm going to do today before we get into the interview. And the interview today is with Karen Benke, who's the founder of Juice Beauty. And you guys, I love this interview and I love this company and this person so much. You'll hear all about it in the interview, so I'm not really going to talk too much about it, but it actually was going to be in my favorites for this month anyway. The point is, Karen is very cool and she's actually from Michigan. Just to, I've, I've been really inspired by her and the company and I'm obsessed with their makeup. Their skincare is really good. I've been using their cleanser, which I love, their green apple cleanser. Well, let's just get right into my favorites for a minute. I'll tell you this is going to be part of it anyway. So I love their green apple cleanser. That's what I've been using. And knock on wood, I got to knock on like every surface because my skin is prone to breaking out. But I haven't been breaking out and the seasons have been changing and that's been wonderful. So that's great. And their makeup I'm obsessed with. So their primer, I've never used primer before, but Christine, who you guys know from the podcast, Christine Nguyen, she was a couple weeks ago, and she's a YouTube blogger, YouTube vlogger, if you will, and she's a beaut- She's like really smart with the products that she tries, and she tries everything, and she really knows her stuff, and I heard her say that she heard another YouTuber say that if you're wearing makeup and you're not wearing primer, you're doing it wrong or you shouldn't even bother wearing makeup or something. It was like a funny tongue-in-cheek line. And so I decided to try Juice Beauty's primer. I'd never used a primer before. Honestly, I'm still unclear what primer even is. I just know it goes under your makeup. But apparently, so Gwyneth Paltrow is the creative director of the makeup part of Juice Beauty. And her favorite product from Juice Beauty is the primer. So I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a go. After Christine's comment and this being Gwyneth Paltrow's favorite 
product from Juice Beauty and everything is what you'll hear all about in the interview. It's all the first ingredient is always a superfood organic ingredient and it's based on we'll just have the founder tell you in a few minutes because I'm not going to do it well. But the point is it's really great quality organic stuff which is so cool so I was like okay I'll try this and I'm obsessed with the primer you guys it's really cool I'm like someone who uses primer it's very fun and I just think plant pigmented makeup is so fun that's a tongue twister anyway it's fairly fun and I just enjoy trying it out so I've been using that and their powder foundation we'll make sure we have the link to exactly what I'm using in the show notes and I'll even tell you the color that I'm using just so you, you know, if you've met me or you know what my skin is, you might know what's best for you. But they probably sell it at your Whole Foods and your Ulta Beauty. So you could always go in there and find the color you want and then use the discount code that I have if you wanted to buy it or just buy it there or whatever. But my thing is that I just absolutely love their makeup. I found the perfect color for me. They sell it at Credo in, the, in New York if you're in New York. And I used it there. Like I had them match me there and then I and then I bought it online. But anyway, I'm really, really loving that. I think having the right color with powder foundation is like super important so they do a really great job with that and I love Credo it's such a great store have you guys been there there's one in Williamsburg and there's one in Soho now that I live in Manhattan and I it's such a great store they have all of the products that I love it's really cool and speaking back of Juice Beauty I really like their lip glosses and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop it there for right now another beauty thing that I've been loving this month is the highlighter from Glossier. I'd never used highlighter before, but I saw my best friend Katie, who you also know from the podcast. We saw two dope queens this month for her birthday, and she was like glowing. I was like, oh my god, you're glowing. She has amazing, perfect, beautiful skin anyway, but then she was like, oh, it's this Glossier highlighter. And she taught me how to use it, and I've been using it, and you guys, I really like it. So that's just another beauty thing. And okay, before I get, I'm, I'm totally into it with the favorites. We've already done one, but I just wanted to say, I haven't done these in a while, and I just thought this would be, since it was a shorter episode, I could catch up with you guys a little bit, because honestly, and this is something that Amanda, who will be listening to this, who edits the podcast and is my assistant and podcast producer and friend and everything that makes this possible. She's so great and I love her so much. Anyway, I I sent her like a, it was actually two minutes and 22 seconds, which is ironic and funny and makes me happy because that's my lucky number is 22 and 222. And whenever I see twos, it's lucky. I have been really overwhelmed and I've been really just feeling like I'm on a hamster wheel and I just thought I'd kind of share that with you guys. I'm really happy and a lot of the things that are coming in are really good but I'm doing a lot and I want to have more white space so I can create and slow down but I've just been I think I don't know if it's moving to New York because it was kind of happening before but I've just been I also had some really, really fun but big trips kind of back-to-back this fall. I went to Hawaii for 
my really great, amazing friend Laura's wedding. She got married to an Australian person, so it was Anthony. And it's halfway for their families, Hawaii. So conveniently, I got to go to Hawaii, which was amazing and great. But that was, you know, I have this theory that vacation time doesn't really exist. It's more like front-loading before the vacation to get yourself in a good spot and then catching up after the vacation (laughs) and to, to really enjoy it while you're there. So we had that, which was great and amazing and so much fun. The jet lag coming back was rough, and we decided to do this hike. This is a whole other story, and I, I'll tell you guys this in person when we all hang out because it's really long, and it would take up this entire podcast episode. I'll tell you later. Just remind me to tell you about this crazy hike that we went on. But we did it right before we went to the airport, and then, anyway, I'm not even going to tell you about my jet lag. The point is, I got really behind from that trip, and then I finally got a little bit caught up And I was going to L.A. for another amazing wedding. I was with Val and Pete getting married. So Valerie Cheney, you guys know from the podcast, she did my podcast a couple years ago now. And we've become really, really great friends. And she was getting married to comedian and star of the show Crashing on HBO, Pete Holmes. And... I got to go to their wedding, which was amazing. And the best part was I got to be with a lot of my friends who you guys might have heard me talk about last year around this time when I went to Hawaii for the Ram Dass retreat. And I had the most amazing group of friends there, Valerie and Pete being two of them. And then also a lot of people who have since been on the podcast. So John Leland, who you guys have heard on the podcast, if you listen regularly, and Misty Boyce with a beautiful voice. (laughs) She is an amazing singer and songwriter and my friend and someone who's also done the podcast and I love and a whole slew of other people who if you haven't heard of them yet, you will because I'm going to have them all on the podcast because they're all really interesting and live all around the world from Australia to Japan to LA and some are here in New York. It was great to be around them. We all were in this house together and Nick came, my boyfriend came with me and Got to meet all of them, and it was lovely. It was so much fun. I spent, I was going to say Christmas there, but I spent Halloween, that's the word, Halloween there. And we went to this Halloween party at our friend Jess's house. Jess is in the band Lucius, which is really great. You should check it out. Anyway, we went to this Halloween party, and everybody had these great costumes. And Nick and I were, we had an early morning flight the next day, and we just, like, didn't have time or well we could have made time we just like didn't feel like getting costumes so we decided to be Ross and Rachel from Friends and our costume consisted of me wearing what I wear on a normal daily basis which is basically trying to look like Jennifer Aniston from the 90s because I just really like that aesthetic and wearing my normal person clothes and then we bought these tattoos that were dinosaur fake tattoos and we put those on because Ross is a paleontologist And then our friend Misty, who you guys know from the podcast, dressed up as Phoebe. And her costume was great. And she carried around her guitar and wore crystals. And she actually looked like Phoebe. So we felt kind of like we didn't try very hard because we didn't. But I had so much fun in L.A., but I came back and I was behind yet again. And it's just becoming this cycle where I think I'm saying yes to a lot, which is great. And I want to. And I want to go to everything and do everything here in New York. But I'm I'm finding I'm just, I'm a bit I don't want to say the word, but I think I'm getting a bit burnt out and I need to scale back and I need to 
figure out what's next for me and the podcast. And I haven't shared this on the podcast before blatantly, but I do all of this on the side. So I I work a full-time job. This is the first time I've exclusive (laughs) that I've ever said this. And every time I say it to someone in person or someone I know, they have a lot of questions for me and they they're surprised. They're like, oh, I thought you just did the podcast. And the truth is maybe someday, but not right now. And it's been really nice. I feel like I'm coming out of the closet telling you this, which is great to get this off my chest. But, and it's not that I was hiding it. I just kind of keep it separate. But my point is it's a lot. It's a lot to do basically two full-time jobs. And sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's not. And you know, our, our lives are in these different buckets. We have our career, our relationships. If you listen to the Jonathan Fields episode, he talks about this, our community, our family. And when one bucket goes down, it kind of hurts all the other buckets. So while I think balance is a myth, which is something I learned from the Latham Thomas episode, which you should go back and listen to because she talks about that really well. Gosh, I've really learned so much from these episodes. I've done almost 200, which is so cool. I really need to make sure all the buckets in my life are filled and being okay and not getting burnt out. So it means nothing different for you listening. I'm still going to be putting out an episode every week. I want to know if I'm overwhelming you with content though, because I feel like I might be. I love listening to podcasts and I don't ever want the feed to get too overwhelming. My podcast is really long and I don't want it to be like, oh wow, I'm so behind. I can't even listen to this one because I'm so behind. So just let me know what you guys are thinking. If you have any feedback about the podcast or the guests or the sponsors, join the listener Facebook group and that's the best place to share that. Okay, well, I really love you guys and I appreciate you listening so much. I just want to be able to do this more and so I'd love for you to leave a review, share it with a friend, let me know what you think. That would be so helpful, and I really want to grow the show and the work that I do in a really big way in 2018. I have really exciting things that I'm cooking up. I got a lot of irons in the fire, you guys, and I just I, I want to have the time to, to bring them to life, and that's all. A lot of cool things coming up. Okay, let's get into the favorites so we can get into the interview, and you guys can uh, be on to the next podcast in your queue, okay? Okay, first up are movies I've been watching this month, which is sounds kind of silly, but despite being so busy, I actually have a ton of movies to share with you. But now that I think about it, I haven't done one of these episodes since I moved to New York, I think, early in either July or the end of June. So it's been a really long time. And since then, I've seen a couple movies and a lot of really good movies. One of them being a movie called Person to Person, and it's one of my favorite movies I've seen maybe ever. It's all these little vignettes that are shot on film in New York City, and there's plot to it, but it's also really talky. It's just one of the best movies for me. I I love it so much, and Tavi Gevinson is in it, and... Michael Sarah and some some really cool people, some people I didn't know as well. I can't recommend it enough. I saw it in the theater this summer when my boyfriend was in town, and it was wonderful. Another movie that we saw that same weekend in July, maybe, is this movie called Landline, and Jenny Slate's in that movie. 
and it takes place in the 90s and in New York City. And when he told me that, he was like, we need to go see this movie. It hits all of your notes. It's in the 90s, it's in New York, and Jenny Slate. And I was like, yes, say no more. I am there. And it was so good. I loved it so much. Again, go see that movie. I don't know if it's still in theaters. Maybe it was only in New York then, and now it's everywhere. Unclear, but find it, watch it. It's so good. I also watched on HBO the, I think it was HBO, yeah, the Lady Diana documentary because it was, I think, 20 years, the 20-year anniversary of her death, and her sons made a documentary about her or were involved in this documentary, and I loved it. It was really fascinating. I'm so fascinated by her and always have been. I remember being seven years old when she died, and my mom and aunt's talking about it not really understanding what that meant but it was a really cool well done documentary and I think because her sons did it it really has some weight and another documentary that I loved this month was the Joan Didion doc that is on Netflix I love Joan Didion and this documentary was fascinating 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 watch it all the way to the end it's heartbreaking it's moving it's just interesting she's a very interesting person and I loved every minute of it I like savored it and didn't want it to end I watched it in two sittings maybe three because I was just like trying to stretch it out but I loved that so much and when I was in LA this past weekend for Val and Pete's wedding I saw this movie called Jane with Andre Vermeulen and Andrew Michon, both who are past podcast guests. Andrew's a comedian and Dre is also a comedian and an actress and she's in the show Andrew Tribeca and she's done my podcast. She's one of my best friends and, and so is Andrew and we all got Indian food and went to see this movie called Jane and it's about Jane Goodall And I loved it. So fascinating. So well done. They found this footage that they thought was lost. Just go see it. It's beautiful and really, really well done. And I had such a great time. And I want to mention, again, Val and Pete's wedding. They are amazing. And their wedding was so beautiful. And I was so happy to be there. Their vows were the most touching, heart-filled. I don't even really know why I'm bringing this up because you weren't there to hear them and I I wish you could have been because it was just so lovely to witness two people who are so aligned and self-aware and in love with each other and have a really healthy relationship it was just such a cool example for me to see and I I had a great time also guess who else was there that I got to see who I haven't seen in a while do you guys remember the founder of Real Girl, Anea? Anea was there, and that was great. So I have a I have a photo with her. I'll put in the show notes. She's so cool. If you want to support a really great organization, Real Girl is a really great place to support, and somewhere that I support. Okay, next category: TV show. So I finished watching High Maintenance, which Amanda recommended it's so good if you haven't watched it I think I may have mentioned it already but I loved watching that and I'm still re-watching Sex in the City every once in a while when I feel like I want to turn something cozy on I watch that because I'm in New York and I'm closer to their age and it's just totally different than the first time I watched it which feels 
really fun and exciting. And if you follow me on Instagram, you see me doing that all the time on the internet, on stories, just sharing my feelings about Sex in the City and like fact-checking addresses and like learning about things because it's so fun to walk by a place and be like, oh yeah, I saw that in the episode last night. It's it's pretty cool. And Stranger Things, I mean, I you guys are probably all already finished with it so no spoilers please because I'm probably not done by the time you hear this oh hopefully I will be Nick and I started a couple episodes while we were in LA but we were doing we had a bunch going on obviously while we were there and then we've been watching it to get we wanted to watch it together but we don't live in the same place so we sometimes we watch TV together like we did this with high maintenance and the show love on Netflix where we would start it at the exact same time on our computers and then talk about it like texting and then we can you know have an experience together it's kind of nice being long distance and so we we're going to do that with stranger things and we did it with a episode we were on but then I got a little bit spooked and I just think it, that show is more fun to watch in community one of our friends who was at this wedding with us told us that for the premiere he had like 50 people over to his apartment or maybe it was more than that anyway and they all watched the premiere together and that sounds so much fun and season one I watched with my best friend Amanda who now lives in Boulder and it's just I don't know I think this this show is really fun because it's not really a show about a monster or the upside down it's a show about people and there's so much theory and I just love talking about the show and seeing how other people view it and what they think is going to happen. And I just rather watch it with people. So get a group of friends and binge watch it or watch it with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your best friend, your mom, your, you know, aunt, I don't know, cousin. It's a great, I, I like participating in the collective water cooler conversation about it. That's what I'll say. I need to catch up so I can do that, and I I haven't. But Nick is coming today, like the day I'm recording this, and he's going to be here this weekend. So I'm hoping we can just kind of like be cozy here in New York and watch a couple episodes. But who knows? Maybe we'll finish it. Maybe we will not finish it until Thanksgiving when we're together again. So no spoilers, but uh, let's talk about it after. And somehow, even though I've been really busy, I started another show that I love so much, and I don't even really know why I love it. It's called Kevin Probably Saves the World. It's on ABC. And I'll say this. The reason I like it is because after I watch an episode, I feel better than before I watched it. And I believe that we're all connected and the world is magical. And I love Abraham Hicks. And I love just thinking about the world in this way that it's rigged in our favor. And I think this show really showcases that in a non-cheesy way there there's some there's some weight in this show and I, I really really enjoy it one of the reasons why I like it so much is because my friend Jack who's one of the most lovely bright people he's going to do the podcast he's an artist and he lives in Japan and I want to go visit him and his girlfriend next year really bad he looks just like the main character Jason Ritter and maybe that's one of the reasons why I like it so much. Moving on to the next category which is music. Okay so I found this artist and I don't know how to say her name you guys it's I think it this might be I, I don't know how to say it I don't even want to try okay I could try but it, I, mean, I know I'm gonna get it wrong so I'm not even gonna try. 
It's a beautiful name, and I don't know how to say it, and I didn't have a chance to look it up. So I'm going to just put the link in the show notes to this YouTube playlist that I've been listening to on repeat while I work, while I'm getting ready. It's just beautiful music. It's, um, I, I just listen to it. It's kind of like, we're going to put a little sample of it in right now. And I love it, and I think you guys should check it out because it's so what I need right now, and I really enjoy it. Okay, speaking of things that you listen to, podcasts. This month I've been listening to Dan Harris's 10% Happier podcast. I really like that. I hope to have him on my podcast. So if you guys know him, uh, feel free to connect us. I would love to talk to him on the podcast. And I've been liking the new season of Girl Boss. And there's this podcast called Unstyled that Refinery29 does, hosted by Christine Barbaro. And I really like that one as well. And Pop Rocket, it's really fun to hear smart people talk about pop culture. And the Great Discontent podcast hosted by Tina Smaker, who I recently interviewed for this podcast. I actually just went to their live taping of it in Brooklyn at the Wythe Hotel last night. And it was so cool to see it in action. And Tina is a fantastic host. She's hosted over 250 episodes and interviewed some of my favorite people in the world, including Ashley Ford and Tavi Gevinson and really cool people. So it was great connecting with her and getting to see that live. And then I mentioned before, for Katie's birthday, Laura and our other friend Liz and I took her to see Two Dope Queens at their live taping in Brooklyn at the King's Theater. And it was so much fun. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this because it was an HBO taping, but one of the guests was Sarah Jessica Parker. Not even joking. And we didn't know. It was like a surprise guest. So that was super cool. And they actually took away our phones and put them in this little container that you weren't allowed to use your phones during the entire performance and then they unlocked them with a magnet after the show and that was really actually great because we were forced to just be with each other without our phones and at one point Liz and Lauren Katie got up to go to the bathroom and I was like what do I do what do I look at and I just sat there and it was this really nice moment of mindfulness and just being with myself Unfortunately, I haven't really read a ton this month. Really, I've been reading things that I need to read for the podcast to prepare for interviews. So Ruby Warrington's book, Material Girl, Mystical World, which I love. I've also been reading a really great book about Ayurveda, which an upcoming podcast guest wrote. And that's, that's really it with books right now, but I've also been reading two great print magazines. So The Great Discontent that I mentioned before, Tina Smaker is a co-founder and does all the interviews, editor of this magazine. She gave me a couple copies when I was at her apartment last week and interviewing her. And then also The Fullest magazine, which I'm writing for now, and it's really cool. I'm going to have the founder, Nikki, on the podcast really soon, but for now, check them out. And hopefully you guys will uh, like reading print magazines. I, I really do. They also both have their issues on the internet as well. All right, food. So let me think. What have I been eating lately? 
I've been really into chai lattes, you guys. I know that's like really random and I made a joke on my Instagram that chai lattes are like seven lattes ago in the trendy latte world. So there was like, you know, the milk latte with coffee and then it was the chai latte and then it was maybe the turmeric latte and then here in New York there's so many like the unicorn latte which you heard an entire episode about and There's now the charcoal latte, which is actually delicious. And there's a place in my neighborhood that makes them so well. And there's so many, so many lattes in New York. There's a taro latte that I had recently that's really good from Chill House, one of my favorite places in New York. But I've just been having, you know, your average chai latte. And if you listen to my episode with Taro, founder of Four Sigmatic, he told me that chai lattes are actually tonics and the herbs in there the combination of the cinnamon and the clove and the ginger is actually really good for digestion and there's something to that so i've been having a lot of almond milk chai lattes recently and uh it's been great (laughs) so that's one thing i've been eating and i've also been eating these they're like little sticks they're called splits and i think they're made of pea powder or peas in some way split peas And I really like them, so I'll put the link in the show notes to those. And then, you know, the other things that I just, like, eat on repeat, Sea Clear and Green Apples. and. But to be honest, I've been eating out a bunch. And one of my favorite places, Springbone, is great because they make food like I would want to make for myself at home if I was at home. And I love them so much. The founders are the two nicest guys I've met in New York. They're so kind and smart and you'll hear about them on an entire episode that I recorded with them a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago and it's airing the last week of November and then we're going to have a little meetup at their space, Springbone. It's right by Washington Square Park. If you're here in New York City, you should definitely come. It's going to be on November 30th at 6 15 6 30 6 30 yeah we'll make it 6 30 i'll put the link in the show notes to information about that but it's free just come we'll have like a little happy hour from like 6 30 to 7 30 and you can say hi to me say hi to other people who listen both sam and jordan the founders and owners of springbone will be there and you can listen to the episode on wednesday or thursday and then come thursday and hang out that's going to be so much fun and I cannot wait. Their food is so good. They have everything. And actually, next week's podcast guest, Rachel Mansfield, if you guys follow her or know her, she is how I found out about them. And she has a bowl that's called the Rachel on their menu. And they're actually going to put a Let It Out or a Katie item on the menu that's going to launch that day too, which is so exciting. I'm couldn't be more excited and thrilled about that. So please come that day if you're in New York City. And another place that I love in New York, it's called Divya's Kitchen, and it's right in my neighborhood in the East Village. It's an Ayurvedic place, and the chef and owner, Divya, is going to be on my podcast, but we haven't recorded it yet, and I figured, why don't you guys come while we record it? So when I record that with her and her co-founder, they're actually from Michigan, which is very cool. Um, we're going to be recording that. I just found out when we realized that we had the same area code in our, of our phone numbers. Their food is so great. They're open for brunch. So we're doing it on, that. it's that following Saturday, the 2nd of December. 
and it's going to be in the morning, I think at like 10 a.m. So mark your calendar. That week's a lot of let it out. You can hang out with me a lot that week. We'll get together on Thursday night for happy hour at Springbone. And then on Saturday morning, we'll do the podcast with Divya. And then we'll all have brunch if you want. I think it'd be really fun. Mark your calendars for that. That's what I've been eating this month. Basically, you know, just chai lattes and uh, weird pea sticks and eating out all the time. But I think that's just how it is in New York. I'm, I'm out all the time and I'm around people. And when I leave, I leave for the day with my backpack. So it's a lot of like taking snacks with me. And that's okay. That's like the phase I'm in right now. I haven't, uh, this is something to mention. I haven't used my stove or oven one time since I moved here. <laughs> But that's okay. And I've been having a lot of Splendid Spoon soups. So you remember the episode with the amazing Nicole. She's so cool. And I have a lot of her soups right now. And I've been eating those, which is so nourishing and wonderful, especially as the weather's getting colder. What are you guys eating? What are you guys liking? I also really like the Siete, you know, the Siete chips that I'm obsessed with, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's obsessed with them. But They have these tortillas as well, and I've been doing this weird thing with the tortillas. I might have told you guys this already, but I've been putting coconut yogurt on top of them and then some berries and some nut butter and maybe some granola, and I roll it up, and it's good for on the go, and it's like you know, having a little yogurt bowl on the go and a nice little tortilla. I've been loving that. I think I saw it on Instagram, but it's delicious. I highly recommend it. Okay, one more category for the month or for this gratitudes episode is person. And I'm grateful for so many people in my life. And I just want to shout out a couple. My best friend, Simi, who has been on the podcast a handful of times, she has just been so supportive and so great lately. And I just love her so much. She's doing such amazing things. And she came to visit me this month and we had the best time ever. If you followed me on Instagram, you saw me just gushing about it because I just I can't get enough of her I think she's so great and cool and she has a book coming out which I think I can say I think she's been posting about it but I wrote the foreword for her book and I couldn't be happier about it I got to read it early and it's this book of essays that's so amazing I'll let her tell you the title and we can talk more about it but honestly if I didn't even know her and she wasn't my best friend I would be obsessed with this book and I'm that much more obsessed with it because she is I'm just so proud of her and I I love her so much and she listens to the podcast which is such an honor and I'm just really grateful for her and I'm really grateful for a lot of the friends that I have in New York City my friend Sarah, who has an amazing Instagram and has invited me to Shabbat dinners and things around the city and has just been such a good friend to me since I moved here. And my friend Katie Norris, same thing. Just She just ran the marathon on Saturday in New York and I'm so proud of her and she's just such a cool person. You guys should follow. She's Figgy and Sprout on Instagram. I'll, I'll make sure to link her as well. And also Dre and Andrew, who I hung out with in LA. I love them so much and I'm grateful for them. And my friend Talia, who has been so great to me since I moved to the city and her boyfriend, who's actually her fiance now, Jesse. I have such a great time whenever I'm with them. Phoebe, who you heard on the podcast from right when I first moved here. She's so cool and had me lead a panel with her and Parsley Health a couple weeks ago and I just I love Phoebe it's actually her birthday today and so tonight I'm going to her birthday party 
I know I'm forgetting people right now. I feel like I'm giving an Academy Award speech. I know I'm forgetting people. Jamie Mandel, Christy Harrison, who you know and love from the podcast. I'm having dinner with her tomorrow night. There's just some really good people in the world. My friend Kara, who also has a cool Instagram we'll link to. Boundless Fashion. She's a cancer survivor. So is Sarah. And Anyway, I just have really, really cool people in my life. I love being here. I love the community in New York. New York is another one of my favorites. I I was in LA for a little while and I came back and I, I love LA, but there's something about being here right now and walking around the city and how happy it makes me, even though it's getting colder. I'm just really grateful for that right now. And even though there's a lot coming in and there's a lot of busyness, I'm really happy. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that this podcast has done so many great things for me in my life and I'm so grateful for it and I think everyone who wants a podcast should have a podcast and I had a lot of help early on when I was starting. Someone did help me with the technology and figure things out for me and with me and just help me do what I wanted to do and so I want to do that for other people. If you're interested in podcast advising, I don't like the word coaching because it makes me sound tough and like sports and those are things that I'm don't like and I'm not into so advising like a financial advisor if I can help you with podcasting email me and we'll get back to you if I if you've emailed me and I haven't gotten back to you yet hence the overwhelm and the burnout I'm working on it and I promise I'll get back to you really soon thank you so much to everyone who reached out I think it could be really cool and I want to help people with podcasting because it's my favorite thing in the world okay I love you guys so much if you want to try juice beauty I forgot to mention this before but go to juicebeauty.com slash let it out. That's juicebeauty.com slash let it out. And that gets you 15% off your order. So maybe you want to go find your color in the store and then buy it with the 15% off. That might make sense. I'm just honestly really obsessed with Juice Beauty right now. And I really like their products. I'm enjoying them to the fullest. And you're going to hear all about them in the interview with Karen. All right, I want to get to that interview as quickly as possible. But first, thank you so much to Bob's Red Mill. You guys have heard of Bob's Red Mill. They're everywhere. They're amazing. You probably use their products already. I sure do. I've been using them for years. They're a wholesome brand that will really make you feel good about what you're eating. They've been offering organic, gluten-free, stone-ground flowers and products for decades. They have a gluten-free dedicated facility for their gluten-free products to ensure there's no cross-contamination. Guys, that's rare. So if you know someone who has celiac or if you have celiac, this is a really great product line to use. My friend Simi has celiac and so she uses Bob's Red Mill. I use Bob's Red Mill. They're the highest quality. They're minimally processed. And now that you know you're it's about the holiday season. You're probably going to be baking more. You know, I, I like to bake from time to time. I have it in months, but you know, I like to, when I used to live in Michigan, I baked and I'm probably going to start now because Bob's Red Mill is now a sponsor of this podcast. They have a huge selection of healthy products. They even have protein powder. I tried it when I was at Wonderlust. It's so delicious. They have gluten-free flowers, vegan blends. They have, well, most flowers vegan, but they have all flour? I think all flour. I don't know. They have paleo blends of flours that are made with, you know, almond flour and coconut flour. It's really, really great stuff. And I love all of it. So go to bobsredmail.com and use the code let it out for 25% off of your order. That's let it out for 25% off of your order. 
Thank you so much, Bob, and your Red Mill. And thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of this episode with my interview with Karen. Karen, how are you? Okay, good. (laughs) Thank you so much, Karen, for doing this. It's so nice to meet you. Sure, no, it's nice to meet you. So I think I saw on your website that you went to Western Michigan University. I did. Are you from Michigan? I am. Are Uh, you? Yeah, I am. Oh, no, no way. Where from? I'm from East Lansing. Oh, my gosh. I'm from Kalamazoo Battle Creek. Okay, cool. Well, as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, we're going to have a great conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Where do you live now? I live in Manhattan. In Manhattan, yeah. Yeah. That's that's great. Oh, that's well, so cool. Midwestern. Yeah. No wonder I like you and your company so much. <laughs> well, yeah, I grew up in Battle Creek in Kalamazoo and, and back in the era where you just kind of went down the street to uh, school. Yeah. And um, that's what I did. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people still still do that now, go to school close to where they grew up. A lot of people go away, but I did. I, I went to Michigan State, so. And yeah. grew up in East I Lansing. still went there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do you come from a big family? Um, no. No, not not at all. But um, a big extended family, but yeah. not. Yeah. So, is but a it's, lot of your family still in Michigan? A little bit in Michigan, a little bit in Kansas, and a little bit out here. So okay. we kind of just all mostly displaced ourselves out here. So yeah. congratulations on on starting everything you've done with your podcast and everything. Oh, and thank you. And likewise. Yeah. Well, I've been at it a long time. <laughs> so so how long there. you're in San Francisco? How long have you been there? I've been in San Francisco since I moved out here right after I got out of college in 1980, so before you were born, and <laughs> um, and I started, I've been a serial entrepreneur, so I started my first company, and right after that, it was just a fitness uh, company, uh, back in the Jane Fonda aerobics days, and uh, ended up with the army contract for Northern California teaching fitness, and then... That morphed into a corporate wellness company that I started, my second company, and then my third company, Juice Beauty. So it's been a serial entrepreneur oh, forever. So, cool. so when you were in school at, at Western Michigan, did, were you studying entrepreneurship? Did you always know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? You know, no. I was in health sciences and um, it just health sciences major and I did not know I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I um, was thinking about being a pharmaceutical rep when I first came out of, of college and then I moved to California and my eyes just completely opened to all the possibilities. I couldn't believe all the varied careers out here even during that time yeah. and started my, you know, just really went after my passion immediately, which was fitness and wellness <clears throat> and started um, my aerobics company kind of as a hobby, but then it um, uh, moved into a full-time business. Wow, cool. Where did your passion for fitness and wellness begin? Did you grow up with that? You know, I wasn't dealt a great um, health hand in life <laughs> from the from the very beginning. And so uh, taking care of myself really was was important to me and um, to become healthier and 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 more you know fit and then I also watched in Michigan many 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 years ago there was one of the worst uh, PBB cattle spills uh, uh, PBB chemical spills in uh, south 
western Michigan, where all of a sudden all the cattle were dead all over the sides of the road, and uh, a toxic chemical PPP got mixed into the the feed of oh cattle, God. and so yeah, and at our at Western they were drawing blood on campus to see you know how it affected all the college students of which unbelievably high, abnorm- abnormally high levels of PBB were running through all of our veins. Oh and at that point, I just decided to become a vegetarian, and uh, I never looked back. And it was very odd at that point to be a vegetarian. <laughs> and I was already into fitness, and it just, you know, combining my my passion for just looking around me, um, just with environmentalism and, and not being born very healthy um it it just inspired me to towards a lifetime of health and wellness and which turned into a a passion and a a, um profession profession right so what was that experience leaving michigan and moving to san francisco in the early 80s like was that challenging it was very challenging and when i came out to start my first well first of all i couldn't believe what it was like in northern california where you could go to Tahoe and ski and then you come down to the Bay Area and it's warm and you can go down to Carmel and I thought I can't believe people live like this it's mm-hmm. shocking how is yeah. this natural beauty uh, it's just unbelievable so that that was that's a side but it was um, just so shocking to me that that actually people live live like this so um, but but I, when I started my first business, it you know with no business background, aerobics was was a little more simple because it was building class by class by class and getting contract by contract with the army. So I had the readiness reserve group and the, uh, the army nurses and the army doctors and you know teaching fitness for a lot of divisions of the of the army. So although I was kind of building and sticking my neck out there and teaching five six classes a day and and had instructors working for me, it wasn't a you know. It wasn't until I started my corporate wellness business that I got a hefty lesson in in the real business world trying to build an actual corporation. And going in to get my first uh, business loan in the early 80s was um, hilarious at best. Wow, (laughs) yeah. It just didn't happen. I mean, the banker asked me if my husband would sign for the loan. Oh, my God. Yeah, and now, of course, they can't do that anymore. I think sometimes they think it but um but they the banker the male banker said you need your husband to come in and sign for the loan i said well i'm not married what do i do go rent someone you know yeah. <laughs> but years later of course that that's all changed but um and then just thought about health and wellness and or, or I'm sorry t- turned it into a profession but thought about I thought about started thinking about um, organic beauty when I was having my babies in my 40s so that was years later yeah so talk about that why did you want to transition out of the business that you originally started which was 24-hour fitness is that was that yeah, a I fitness did, chain 24-hour fitness I did not start that's a billion dollar company I was on the board of directors for 24-hour okay. fitness I started um, an aerobics company in 1980 and then in the early 80s I started a corporate wellness company called Pacific Care Wellness Company. It was called ExecuFit and then Pacific Care Wellness Company. And I sold it to Pacific Care United Healthcare, um, which is a huge, huge HMO. And then I was on the board of 24 Hour Fitness, supporting the entrepreneur. And then um, I start. I bought the name Juice Beauty and started it from scratch in uh, 2005. So. But during my entire 20-some-plus years of 
career in fitness and wellness, I never, ever paid attention to what I was slathering all over my body and and face. And I knew so much about nutrition with my corporate wellness company, working with the experts at Stanford and Berkeley. And, and yet, and so I knew a lot about ingredients, but never bothered to read a beauty products label until I did meet my husband at 38 and then had my babies in my early 40s. And it wasn't until then that I actually read the back of a label. Wow. What made you want to make that shift? Was it because you were pregnant and you were wanting to make sure that the pregnancies were healthy and safe? Yes. So, you know, it's, I knew enough about health and everything that I, I, understood that your skin is your largest organ and and your skin absorbs what you place on it and so you know when you're rubbing these products all over your belly and of course around your mouth and everything and lipsticks and so the more i researched i saw that um your body your skin can absorb up to 60 percent of what is placed on it and my husband's a, a physician a cardiologist and he certainly prescribes topical patches for patients that are drugs and they're absorbed through the skin and if you think about some of the cardiac drugs or you think about estrogen patches or nicotine patches that those those things are absorbed through the skin so i started thinking about it and i just thought i don't want all these toxic chemicals on my body while i'm I'm pregnant and then after as a mom and a woman who i mean hopefully we all value ourselves enough that we don't want those things on our, our, those unnecessary chemicals on our body. So that's really where it started. And then years later, bought the name, and because I wanted the name Juice Beauty, because my concept was to start with organic botanical juices. And so the more I researched, while I was having babies all in my early 40s, I started researching how beauty was done. And I kept you know, yelling out to my friends and my husband and everyone, and my babies wouldn't answer, but, um, <laughs> and, and saying, you know, honestly, this is how beauty products are, are formulated. It's, it's either the majority is water with natural or, um, with conventional chemical butylene and propylene glycols, which is petroleum based, laced with dioxane and all sorts of things. And that's how they're formulated. And so my concept was, to start with organic botanical juices that are already packed with vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and then add even more powerful ingredients to that. And my concept was that every organic drop would feed your skin and, and I'd get great clinically validated results and, and that's what that's what happened. So, so cool. yeah. And so I, I found the name Juice Beauty, which was a defunct uh, beauty company with pretty defunct and so I bought the name closed it down and started from scratch now did you start with your high performance skincare line and then makeup came later can you talk about the trajectory of you have so many products now so what was (laughs) the what was the trajectory crazy so over 12 years um, we've had a good 12 years in skincare Um, we've had a good two years in makeup and so we the, the original goal was was for I, I've never been a big you know makeup person. I was always a skincare junkie. So um, the goal was really from day one a high efficacy skincare. And given that I was in my forties, um, and, and when I thought about this early forties again when I started late forties, but um, and was you know still getting hormonal breakouts from pregnancy um, yet 
starting to get fine lines and wrinkles, our first two um, collections were Age Defy and Blemish Clearing, which, of course, pretty much hits everyone's need, yeah. needs. And then, of course, we've expanded to all sorts of things with, you know, hydration and, and our daily essentials, something for everyone, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, but the goal from day one was to have the most luxurious beauty products that were clinically validated that could meet or exceed conventional chemical efficacy um, and yet still be authentically organic. I knew we could pass natural performance, um, but I was going after that con- hardcore conventional chemical efficacy, and that's that's what we did. About year five or six, our clinical results started uh, performing as well or better than conventional chemical brands. Wow. That's really impressive. And you, I read that you source a big part of your products are sourced antioxidant-rich ingredients from organic farms in Northern California. Is that from the Throughout the whole Western region. Wow. Right. We started kind of in the North, but in that, of course, with more products, we've expanded to the whole Western region of the United States. That's what we try to, every, we try to source everything there first, um, not only for quality control, but so we can know our supply chain, but also for not shipping, you know, not using mm-hmm. excessive petroleum, et cetera. But, um, but there's so many great organic farms in the Western region. It, we were, that was one of our, our goals. And we get organic apples, organic green apples from Washington State and organic um, grapes. So we use every part of the grape from Napa Valley down through the Central Valley of California. We get a lot from the Central Valley of California. Um, it's so and, cool. Yeah, organic aloe from Texas and, and actually from um, Mexico, but it's it's from the same um, uh, organic farms that uh, Whole Foods relies on. So a lot, yeah. of, a lot of good quality control. Wow, okay. I have a kind of, I want to get into makeup and some other personal things and ask you the questions I ask everyone, but I have a kind <laughs> of random question. So your team was so great when they reached out i wasn't even aware of juice beauty and now i'm obsessed with you guys and i see you everywhere like i was just at whole foods and someone was doing a demo and i was like oh my god that's so funny i'm talking to the founder in a little bit and i love green apples it's like kind of become a thing about me where i every day for breakfast i have a green apple with um cinnamon and sea salt and nut butter it's just like what oh, I do. Wow. I'm obsessed that sounds with delicious it. yeah it is delicious and people are like tagging me on instagram that they're trying it and i always joke that i wish green apples could be the sponsor of this podcast because it would be such a perfect <laughs> fit but i feel like working with you is kind of the next best thing so why green apples and it's it's not only in your products but it's actually part of your branding it's the title of a lot of your products yeah. why green apples specifically yeah, well, f- first of all, the the malic acid is is so amazing in organic, and particularly, you know, just just a note about organic, whether it's apples or any fruit and vegetable. The organic center that's done a ton of research in the United States to support organic farming, they've shown that organically farmed um, crops can have up to a thirty percent higher antioxidant level than conventionally conventionally farm crops and it kind of makes sense if you're spraying it to death with all those pesticides you'd think something you know not only bugs die but everything else dies so um okay that's probably not technically accurate but <laughs> that that's yeah. the vision that's yeah. the vision i have <laughs> in my mind but um but they they've shown that 
organically farmed um, crops have have a high antioxidant level. So that's that's one of the reasons I'm quite sure why we have such high clinical results. But um, organic green apples are, number one, beautiful. The color is stunning. And so we made it the color of our whole brand. And they taste great. They're tart. And, so, and you can sweeten them with wonderful things like you do. Yeah. And, so, I mean, you know what? Cinnamon is my other favorite food. Oh, my That's gosh. so funny. We I, should eat green apples with cinnamon together. <laughs> we should because I'm telling you, I literally, I thought at some point I was going to die of a cinnamon overdose. I put it on everything. Me too. <laughs> I literally do too. You put it on your cereal and thing, or your granola and things? Yes. Or, or, oh my gosh. Oh, I put I it on too. soup earlier today because it was like a pumpkin soup and I, yeah, I love it. That is so funny. I put it on so, oh, pumpkin soup. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that that's part of it. But the, the malic acid is very potent in, in, uh, in, in the wonderful enzymes and things in organic green apples. So, so that's one reason. And the color was just, I think it's the most beautiful of all apples. Me too. Oh, my gosh. And our green apple peel was one of our first hero products where it were, you know, it just has such a, fond spot in my heart because when I first started going around to all the editors in New York way back before people like you existed at podcasts and influencers and social media etc and the traditional editors would a couple very early on would say this was back 10 11 years ago they'd say you know this is probably 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 good for you mm, probably smells good yeah smells good Feels pretty good. Wow, but you know what? I I need the I need potent things like, like you know, AHAs and you know or you know AHAs and alpha hydroxy acids and everything. And I, so I I was thinking to myself, I was well, they originally came from <laughs> fruits, you know. But anyway, and so I would leave our full strength green apple peel with them, and and that's what really put us on the map because these traditional editors would call back and go. Oh my God! This is a spa grade peel. How did you get this power? And so, so that's it. Just you know, came, comes full circle. It really put us on the map. Oh, I love that. So, when did you know you wanted to expand to makeup? And you now teamed up with Gwyneth Paltrow, and she's your creative director. So, did that partnership start from the beginning of when you decided to go the route of makeup? Can you talk about how that came to be? Yes. So we, you know, I've been lucky from day one to be, well, because we're in Northern California and so many of the celebrities are in Southern California, just a quick hop away. Um, and because a lot of the celebrities are kind of in the know and they're searching for the, you know, the, the latest age defying type of, of product. And so very early on, we had unbelievably wonderful celebrities find us like Kate Hudson very early on she found our green apple peel and wrote about it in a couple big magazines and so and so we had a lot of celebrities call us and I would go down and meet with them and so fast forward years later we were growing you know we had these amazing clinical results we're in Ulta Beauty nationwide we're doing well and um I thought it was time to have a celebrity join us but an authentic celebrity that would walk the walk and talk the talk and someone that could not just be the face of the uh, you know or a brand ambassador with using their face at times but um but also authentically you know really believe in in the mission and so you know i interviewed a lot of people and and 
Gwyneth, it was just good timing. She, uh, we shared an investor, Amanda Elion, and so Amanda introduced us, and and it came together. And you know, of course, Gwyneth Paltrow and I have a lot that are not in common, in that she's an actress, and and she's five, God knows what, ten or eleven, and blonde, and and all that, but um, lives in Hollywood, but or lives in Southern California. But we have a lot in common in that we both have a daughter and a son. We both want to leave, want to leave the planet a better place. We both um, want high performance skincare and high performance makeup without compromising our health. Um, and so we both shared all those values and, and beliefs. And so we came together on, on those shared values and beliefs. That's so cool. So what is her role in creating the makeup and how did you come up with the products that, that you have? They're all pigment, pigmented with fruit and with they're all vegan can you talk about how you make them work so well <laughs> well we you know we source um we source um so many ingredients again that are that are very high efficacy and so for instance just so the the efficacy comes for the first step of our organic botanical juices. So we fill with resveratrol-rich grapeseed, organic aloes, organic shays, organic ahobas that are already packed with vitamins and minerals and antioxidants. But then we add things like malic acid or we add uh, uh, vegetable squalene that we get from olives instead of whales. We add um, phytopigments to our makeup for the brilliant colors instead of synthetic dyes. Um, we, we use food-grade preservatives. So, you know, it just... We, we add powerful ingredients, but we source them from from different uh, from food from fruits and vegetables as much as we can. And so we just do things differently. And we're still one of the only authentically organic prestige brands out there because if it to actually do it correctly and to abide by the organic laws, um, which are very strict in California, and which means anybody that sells online, because everyone sells in California online, um, that you have to be at an organic content of 70, 70, 70% or greater total organic content. And it's very hard to do. Okay. Very hard to do. So if you think of like all the things you put in a product, particularly like SPF, we get our SPF from zinc. Zinc is a mineral. It's not an organic ingredient. It's not farmed. It's mined. So... You know, our zinc is a mineral that goes in at 20%. And then, <laughs> then we have our, you know, 75-plus percent um, or lush organic ingredients. And then we have um, a small percent of natural food-grade preservatives, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very hard to do. Yeah. So, but we've, we've achieved it, and we're, we're, it's, it's one of our commitments. Wow. So when you started the company, it was just you. How many people yeah. now work for the company what has the experience of growing it been like for you? Well, we have about um, 160 part-time and full-time employees. So it's it's getting bigger and bigger. We have a, a, our corporate headquarters in, in Marin County, just north of San Francisco. Then we have our distribution center in Petaluma and Sonoma County, which they avoided the fires, my gosh, oh. um, that was very close to us. And then uh, we have our... Many sales and marketing folks scattered around the country, um, particularly around the major cities, to take care of our amazing retailers like Ulta Beauty and Bloomingdale's and Neiman Marcus and Anthropology and Credo and, and are just amazing, amazing retailers. 
and so it's a it's a great group and i would say we we've we have been an equal opportunity we do employ men mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> we have a lot of women but we do employ men which is great our fabulous guys and we um we are are just it's it's such a passion and mission driven group of wonderful people it's it's just gives me great our products our employees give me just the greatest joy mm-hmm. <laughs> and our customers our customers give me the greatest joy yeah oh wow i love that as a woman starting a business starting businesses in the 80s could you talk about any sexism that you've had to overcome and any advice for female entrepreneurs now yeah, I, well, I think the sexism in the '80s and the '90s, and maybe it's it's just it's still there, but it's covert. But it's getting better and better and better. And 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 I love men. I have a great husband. I have a son. And but I hope that I I, I know that people have progressed so much. And in the '80s, it was pretty blatant. I mean, kind of anything would go, and and men would say anything. And again, back to my first banking banker story, yeah. and it it just you know they they asked my husband to sign without even knowing I was single at the time. I was in my 20s. I didn't have a husband to sign for my loans in my 20s. Um, when and even I, if you had one, you obnoxious. didn't need him to sign. Right. Completely obnoxious. What if my husband was a house husband? They, ne- they never even asked. You know, they, I could have had a house husband, and they, they never asked. Um, you know, when I, 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 in the 90s, I bought a piece of property that we ended up building our house on, and in the 90s, and I was a successful business person by that point. And um, when we, when my husband and I went to build our house, who did they ask sign for the loan? Who did they put first on the loan documents? My husband. It was my property before I met him. <laughs> it just, it never ends, you know. And I'm like, yeah. how can that still be the case? How do, you know, it was just funny. But, but in business, it, it was just so normal to n- not have very many women um, that were at higher levels in business. And even if they were, they had to fight their way up. You know, we, we did, with my wellness company, we did some business in Asia, and um, some of the Asian companies, all the men would come in, and they would sit down at the table, and I never could figure out the first few meetings why they would wait so long. But what they were waiting for is they were waiting for my boss to come in they didn't understand that I was ahead of the company. So they thought I was the secretary sitting there and I had to politely explain to them that this was my company and I founded it and they could proceed with the meeting. So just things like that wow. that were just normal or, you know, certainly a lot of, a uh, lot of, you know, harassment and things went on. But, um, but I, yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting to, it's interesting. I'm so glad things have changed so much. Um, it's interesting to, in some ways, I'm happy that women are so. Str- I mean, in many, I, always, I'm happy that women don't have to put up with that. I, I just hope that we're still growing strong women, you know, that can can um, take care of themselves. And I think we are. When I look at my daughter and all of her friends. Yeah. What advice do you have for upcoming female entrepreneurs? follow your passion you know i don't know how people i mean i know katie you you just i can see the passion jumping off your page and your podcasts and your events and everything that 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 you do and and um just the way you write and and talk and it's 
I don't know how anybody just, if you're having to search for an idea to forever for a really long time to either start a business or start a career, you probably haven't found your area of passion yet because it should come to you pretty easily after a certain period of time, after a certain you know number of years that you're, you're aging. Um, and, you know, if you are working in an area that you're excited about and that continually motivates you, um, it gets you through all the ups and downs of business. It, you can overcome any obstacle um, because I truly believe that the reason that people fail is has never has anything to do with lack of funds. It has to do with lack of, of being resourceful or lack of creativity or lack of figuring out how to get around those obstacles. And what that takes is it takes energy and enthusiasm and creativity and resourcefulness, which comes from, you know, just that, that pure passion and, and dedication to seeing, seeing everything through. So my, my passion for fitness, wellness, um, and then organic living and organic beauty has just been consistent because it's, it's greater than just cosmetics or just beauty products. It's, of course, you know, win, 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 having the highest efficacy products, but what, you, but what absorbs into women or men um, is healthful. And guess what the third win is? We're building a sustainable company from top to bottom and trying to change the way business is done. So to, to help save our planet and animal habitats. And so that, that, all that passion um, is what fuels me. And I think for women or men or any entrepreneurs, that's what they need to find because that'll get you through years and years and, uh, of, um, of overcoming obstacles and mm. create an interesting life. Yeah, that's so helpful. Okay, I want to ask you a couple of questions I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. We talk about body image quite a bit, especially as women. I think it's something we constantly think about. And someone who runs a company, I'm sure um, you're having to be aware of this as well. So when I ask the question, you know, have you ever had or experienced a moment where you have bad body image or what I call a bad body image moment? How do you shift out of that so it doesn't take over your day and become a bad body image day or week or just when you're not feeling great about yourself, about yourself, what is something that you tell yourself or do to shift? Yeah. Um, well, I came of age. It was after because I, I wasn't. A, I, I was a kid. I was very young in the '60s. But I came of age in high school and all that in the in the late '70s and in the '70s. And so that whole Twiggy thing. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but. Um, mm-hmm. She was a model. That whole Twiggy thing was still kind of rampant from from a decade or so before. And so we, the whole, my formative years um, in high school, we all tried to be as thin as we possibly could, which was so unhealthy. And I, I mean, it was, and that coupled with never, not knowing anything about nutrition way back then. But that it took me years to get out of that to just learn how to um and fitness and wellness really helped with that to learn how to just eat healthfully and not worry about my weight and it it really happened in my 20s when i i literally never bought a scale until my 50s because which it's helpful now <laughs> scale because I'm, I'm i'm adjusted with my weight i mean i'm mentally adjusted but um 
but I didn't have a scale all through my 20s and 30s and 40s because I just thought I've got to, I've just got to learn how to eat and exercise and eat healthfully and not worry about if I have chocolate and, and just yes. feel great. And, yeah. and I pretty much stayed within a couple pounds all those years other than my pregnancies. Um, and it was just coming out of that high school era where all my friends, we all tried to be as skinny as possible. I have one friend that wasn't trying to just be as bone thin as possible. And, um, but I really, fitness and wellness cured that for me. And um, that's, that's part of what it's all done. So, I mean, I think there, I, the last kind of body image issues I had was, was probably high school. So, um, but then on the other image, on the other end of it, I'm in the beauty business and not being interested in plastic surgery. <laughs> Living in California or visiting New York a lot is, is a whole other issue happening. So, yeah. Wow. That's, that's all really inspiring. Do you feel like there's anything that helps you if you're having a bad day just in, in business or in life or with anything that helps you shift out of that and get back to to what matters what do you have any like mantra you tell yourself or anything you focus on other than my family which my kids and my husband who are the world's greatest supporters which can knock me out of any funk um really two things one is fitness if i didn't work out almost every morning for an hour either running biking swimming we have yoga thursdays at juice beauty at the end of the day every thursday if i didn't do that once a day i i don't know how i honestly i i would have gone crazy by now um and the second thing at the risk of sounding a little california or something is just gratitude i i really have gratitude for my life my kids my husband my business my employees and everything that that i have i just i flat out have gratitude and i remind myself of of that i try to remind myself of everything i'm grateful for daily what are you most looking forward to in your life right now not sure I can tell you yet. <laughs> We're looking at some things in Sonoma to get closer to our crops. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Next yeah. podcast. Yeah, next <laughs> podcast. That would be amazing. That would cool. be amazing. I'm cool. really excited about a project we're doing. And, of course, I'm excited that Gwyneth joined our company a couple of years ago. And, and you know, we, we launched not too long ago in Neiman Marcus and Bloomingdale's. Um, and... The Neiman Marcus executive said something to me so exciting where he said, we want you, Speedy, because you're the clinically, you're the clinical organics. You've shown that organic really works. Mm. And it was just so exciting to me. So I'm excited about our new retailers. I'm, of course, always excited about our new products. Our phytopigments makeup is doing well. But we've got such a fun project coming up in Sonoma. I'm, cool. It's not just a project. It's actually the next phase of Juice Beauty. I'm really excited. Wow. Next podcast. Yeah. Okay, something else I ask everyone that comes on the show, which is one of my favorite questions, what are your morning routines, maybe the first three things you do when you get out of bed in the morning and how those affect how the rest of your day goes? Well, I work out almost every morning. So, I mean, after I put clothes on and all that, I, I, I go work out. So that affects my whole entire day. And I have to usually hit it pretty hard with, again, running, biking, or swimming. That and then lots of food in the morning. I, I eat a lot. Organic tea. 
at this point, my son is in college, so um, my husband either works out with me, um, and I get my daughter, daughter, our daughter is in her last year of high school, so I get a quick if she gives me five minutes in the morning, it's exciting. <laughs> uh, she's a senior, so that, that's all That's all the morning. <laughs> cool. What about in the evening? What are the last few things you do before you go to sleep? And how do you, as an entrepreneur and as a CEO of a company, how do you shut down, wind down, and, and relax at the end of a day? Okay, so just in case anyone is feeling like I do a lot of things well, I don't do that well. I am the worst. Um, I have the worst habits at night. I am on, I open my computer way too late to check on things, to email, check on emails and everything. I love to read, um, but I never read right before I go to bed, which is a terrible habit. You should, you know, to fall asleep. Instead, I watch the news, terrible, um, or I watch some stupid, wonderful airbrain program which gets my mind off of everything but I, apparently the light keeps you up long story short i have terrible habits at night mm-hmm. and i am a terrible sleeper so that maybe if you talk to me in a decade i will have better habits and will have nailed something there but i i i would not inspire one single soul at night <laughs> <laughs> well i want to know what you're watching and this this next question will encompass that so this is really just a way for you to recommend things, but pretend that you're stranded on a deserted island and you can only bring with you one book, one movie, one TV show, one music or podcast, and one food. What would you bring? <laughs> and for you, one one beauty item. What One of each, is that it? Or? Yes. Okay, let's see, one of each. Well, one beauty item definitely on a desert island would be our SPF products. And I would bring our stem cellular CC cream so my face wouldn't get fried and wrinkled. Um, okay, then I would bring um, lemonade, things organic, you... lem- organic lemonade with organic vodka, because I'd be so worried <laughs> I'd, have to, I'd have to have a shot of vodka here and there. That sounds Just delicious. Pretty- we'll have to have that with our yes. green apples and cinnamon. <laughs> yes, then I would have organic green apples and organic cinnamon as my <laughs> snacks, along with organic chocolate. Okay, then one TV show. I would pick something funny to get my mind off it and I would probably pick Blackish. I love that show. Yeah. It is so funny. Um one book, probably Annie Lamott. Uh she's, she's great. This, yeah, she's local here too and I just love her. I don't know her, but I love her 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 books. You guys should meet. I know we really should. I I I see her out hiking all the time. I should stop and say hello. Yeah. Uh, I know. some Juice Beauty products. I know. I really need to. I should just find out where she is and just send them to her and say hi. Um, one movie. Well, you know, my favorite movie ever was The Contender because it's about feminism and it's it's really great. Uh, if you haven't downloaded it, download no, it. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it. It's really great. Did I miss anything? <laughs> um, music or podcast? Oh, music. Hmm. Well, I have to say, Gwyneth just got, I had amazing tickets to Coldplay and <laughs> from Gwyneth, cool. and I got to tell you, they are amazing. Um, I would, but on a desert island, I might need something zippy. Coldplay would be one, but I think Bruno Mars would be pretty zippy. Or maybe the old Bob Seger from Michigan. 
Uh, what else? <laughs> I think that was it. I think that was okay. <laughs> so speaking of feminism, I always ask, how do you personally define feminism and how do you act your feminism in your life now? Mm. You know, I hope it's a positive word now because I know for a while I think it was kind of a negative word and I think given our election right now that I, I don't know what are, have younger women embraced it again a little bit more do you think because um, yeah I think I think for sure I think it's definitely become more of a inclusive term and I think it's something that inspires women and isn't I don't think people are perturbed by the word I think people just want to make it more inclusive if anything good because that's how I feel it is and I hope my son is a feminist and I hope my daughter is and I know my husband is and it's just like my gosh you know give everyone equal opportunity and equal say and equal equal everything and but feminism to me more is now is even more than ever just I hope all women, no matter what they're doing, um, just just fulfill their potential and feel good about it. Mm, well said. Yeah, me too. Okay, well, the name of this podcast is Let It Out. So when I offer that to you, is there anything else that you wish I would have asked or something that you still want to let out? Hmm. I think you pretty much covered everything, Katie. Amazing. <laughs> I, I just want to let out that uh, let's see just uh, thank our customers for supporting juice beauty you know one of the only organic beauty companies and it just against all these huge 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 conglomerates uh worldwide it's just exciting that there's a spot for us yes i'm so happy to have connected with you guys and i'm so excited i actually did think of one more question do you have a favorite plant pigment plant pigment it's a it's a tongue twister to say that i don't know how you do it all the time plant pigment makeup product that you really love that's your go-to or like a specific color what's your what's in your makeup bag well i have to say i wear a little more makeup now than i ever did so um i but as far as if i'm just going to the office i'll do our stem cellular cc cream and desert glow that's more of a skincare product, though. It's tinted, but it's more of a skincare product. But then I take our concealer, and, of course, it me- our concealer just melts under eye after our steps of their eye cream. It just melts in. And just a little dot- dab of concealer here and there around your face with the CC cream. is If you're in a hurry, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. And then I love our Phytopigments eyeliner and mascara. It just It's a quick, you know, which kind of finishes you and keeps you going um and then our um juice beauty lip crayons are my uh, oh my gosh i just i i have i think i have five of them in my purse right now um and gwyneth named them she 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 named our um everything after it's all california inspired so these are all beaches and I love Malibu, and I love Pebble, and Laguna are probably my three favorite. Cool. I love that. I want, I want to try all of them. I, your amazing company sent me some really great stuff, and the thing that I haven't tried those yet, but the thing that I've been loving is the primer. Oh, my the primer's amazing. Thing. Yeah. It's 
one of Gwyneth's ama- uh, favorite products too. I love it. She mixes it. A primer, of course, is for under your foundation. That's what we made it for, which it, it is beautiful under our foundations. But um, Gwyneth mixes the primer um, into her in, into our moisturizer, and for just a little luminous look. And so that's a super cool tip that she came up with. Um, and then the makeup artists are just using that primer to highlight everywhere. Yeah. Even though we have highlighters, they just highlight it everywhere. Yeah, it's really great. And I'd never used one before, but I was like, oh, this is something that they sent me. I'll, I'll try it out. I want to be able to tell the listeners like what I think of everything. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try primer, even though it's like not something I use. And I weirdly just love it. I use it. I use it every day. And I actually heard this really funny makeup artist on YouTube. I forget who it is, but he said this thing like, if you're not using primer, don't even bother wearing makeup or something. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, maybe I should try this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you love it. But now you know, I mean, under your foundation or mixed with your foundation or mixed in with your moisturizer, it just has so many things. It's just, everything just lay, it's just a beautiful, it's beautiful foundation. Lays the mat down. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Thank you so much for doing this podcast, Karen. It was so nice to talk to you and Thank talk to you, another Katie. person from Michigan, which I don't get to do every day. So this is yes. Thank you. Isn't Karen cool, you guys? I really enjoyed her. I didn't even know what to expect, and she exceeded all of my expectations. I think she's a really smart, cool lady. All right, I'm going to tell you the emoji and who's coming up on the show next week. But first, let's just thank one more time Bob's Red Mill. We love Bob's Red Mill and this family. You know, they make the best stuff. That's that's what they do. They make their products from wholesome ingredients, and they've been offering organic, gluten-free, stone-ground products for decades. And their gluten-free products are minimally processed in a 100% gluten-free facility to ensure no cross-contamination. So if you are gluten-free or someone you love is gluten-free, they are the products to use and you probably already use them. So you might as well get a discount. You guys go to bobsredmill.com and enter the code let it out at checkout, let it out at checkout for 25% off your order. I love their products. They have a huge selection and I, I hope you guys like them too. Okay, you guys, that was a lot. I said a lot. I talked a lot. I just thanked the sponsors for a long time. But I want you guys to know this. I love you. I love this podcast so much. I feel like I'm like an open wound in this episode because I shared that I was overwhelmed and I shared that I was getting burned out and I shared that I had a full-time job. And oh my gosh, it's just a lot. And I very deliberately shared that because... I think it's so easy to look at people on the internet. I think it's easy to look at quote unquote influencers on Instagram and we all have our theories on how they make their money. And the more people I talk to in the world, the more I realize that everybody makes their money in different ways and we're just not talking about it. And some people are supported by someone other than themselves and that's okay. Some people are supported by themselves. Some people make money in a bunch of different ways. That's what I do. I do a bunch of different things to make money. I have my book, I have my podcast, I have another job I do on the side, and I don't know how long I'll do any of those things, but I'll do them until they stop feeling fun and until I can figure out another way to sustain myself and my lifestyle. And It's not always easy, and sometimes it's doing a lot of things and almost feeling burnt out, but 
It's funny because a couple years ago, I actually had some shame that I had a full-time job because I was like, you know, it means I'm not a real podcaster. I'm not a real author if I don't make my money exclusively from that. But then I read this book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, which I love. And in it, she shares that before Eat, Pray, Love came out, she'd written a bunch of other books, but not until Eat, Pray, Love was a massive success. And you know, that book was like a crazy huge success. Julia Roberts played her in the movie. It was huge. But up until then, she always worked a full-time job outside of writing. And she said she did that because she never wanted to have to put the pressure on her creative work. So in her case, writing, in my case, podcasting, and the other things that I do, she never wanted to put the pressure on those things to make her money and pay her rent because she said as soon as she did, it might compromise the work. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm starting to make money with the podcast through my sponsors and through the things that I do, but it's not exclusively how I make my money. And that's okay. And I think that it allows me to be more creative and make decisions that I maybe wouldn't be able to make if I was trying to really make a profit out of this, which I'm not. This is just something I do because I love it. I genuinely love it so much. And who knows, that might change in the future, but for now, that's where I am. And it feels really good to be honest and share that, and maybe it's helpful to you too. And I can't wait to help you guys start your podcast if that's something that you want to do. If you want to work with me in that way, that would be cool. If not, that's also cool. If you like this episode, share it, maybe leave a review. One more thing, just wanted to mention the events. I hope to see you guys at Springbone on November 30th at 6.30 for Happy Hour Podcast Meetup. And then also, again, at Divya's Kitchen on December 2nd for live podcast taping with chef and owner of Divya's Kitchen, Divya herself. And we'll talk about Ayurveda, we'll talk about food, we'll talk about so many things, you know, all the normal things we talk about. And then we can all have brunch thereafter. I've never had brunch there. I love their dinner and all of their food, and I've been wanting to have their brunch. So come eat brunch with me. All right, I love you. Next week on the podcast is Rachel Mansfield. You guys probably follow her on Instagram if you like drooling over beautiful, healthy, delicious baked goods, because that's what she does, and she does it so well. I love her. She's actually a really smart, cool person, which I got to learn in person when I met her. And since then, we've become friends, and I can't wait for you to hear us get to know each other and on our first date. All right. I love you guys. I'll talk to you next week. The emoji for this episode is the green apple. Duh. You heard the interview, and uh, they're beautiful. I've probably used them before, but who cares? I'm doing it again. Okay. Love you. Bye.